Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can we just say thank you, Lord? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're with us. Thank you, God. Thank you that you were with us at the nursing home this morning. Thank you, God. Thank you that you're here in this room. Thank you that you make yourself so known and so real. God is so good. You know, I feel like this. Just soaking in. Thank you. Thank you. When I see in the spirit this morning, I thought it was just for one. And many of you think it's just for a few. But it's for this house. And I see a huge door opening. It's not just a narrow passage. It's not just a familiar door. But it is so broad, it is so wide, and it's not the way to destruction, but it's the way of opportunity. Yes. Many of you wish that someone would tell you what to do. The Holy Spirit is moving in this place. Yes. There is direction here. Yes. There is direction there. Yes. And you have put on glasses, you've allowed others to put on glasses that have obscured your view. Take off these worldly glasses. Take off the things that's around you that is tying you down. Look again, says the Lord. Look clearly. Look very distinctly because there is a pattern. There is a way. There is a word that involves each one of you. It is not just for a few. But this is for the vast harvest. Yes, yes. This is for the vast ones to be touched. 
This is the ones that you thought were forgotten or undone, the unlovelies and even the deplorables. But God says, I sent my son to die for them. I sent my son to restore them. I sent my son to renew all of you. No one is left out. No one is extinct. Take off those glasses and get rid of them and do not put them on again because they have clouded your view. You see, you see what you thought you saw. You must see through my eyes, through yeah, yeah. my word, and through the clarity of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Because at this time, the days are short, but the Spirit is intense and there is much to do. Yes, yes. You have programmed your life, unprogram it, and live by my Spirit each day because I call you. I woo you. I love you. Yeah, yeah. You are so important to the kingdom, to the work, and I have called and ordained you for this work for each person that I call you to, to yes. share my vast love. A walk through the arena that I have called you to. Be diligent at the work because there's much there's many to touch mm. with my love. Mm. Praise the Lord. Yes, yes, yes. We receive that. We receive that. My prayer in the last couple of weeks, or actually probably more this week, is I've been, when I pray, it's like, I, I just pray like this. Lord, I'll be your eyes. You just be the sight. And I'll be your voice. You just be the words. And I'll be your hands, and you be the power. And I'll be the vessel, you just flow through it. And I believe that's where we ought to be in this hour, in this moment of time. Thank you for the obedience to the Lord. God is moving. Go in your Bible to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 6. For just a few moments, I'm going to decree, declare to you what God is, is saying. And as you're turning there, getting ready with me. Um, we, we announced this was something I came last week. Actually, I, I don't know, one day last week they already announced it, that on Wednesday night, uh, one of my pastor friends from the region, Pastor Curtis True, will be here with us. Uh, me and Pastor True have walked together for many years. I've preached with him, I, I don't know how many times. and He never calls me, uh, never really has ever asked me to preach here. But he got a hold of me the other day and he said, I have been praying and God has put your house on my heart. I feel like the Lord has given me a word. He shared a few things with me. I said, buddy, you're right in line. Let's come. And uh, so he's going to be ministering here uh, on Wednesday night. I just felt like the word was so imperative to, to come that I just said, let's get here and get it off the start of the year. Because uh, we've got a lot of things going on in this year. And uh, I'm excited about what the Lord is doing. So I'm going to encourage everybody that can. Can I tell you something? Can, can I, let me give you in on a secret that you don't know. God does not change from Sunday to Wednesday. We do. If Wednesday's weak, it's not God. It's we've made it weak. We've said it to be just a night. It's hump week. It's hump day. Whatever you want to call it. 
But I want to encourage you. You need it. I want to encourage you to be in the house every Wednesday night. My prayer is our Wednesday night is as strong as any Sunday morning we will ever have. And I'm not going to come in here and be weak myself. Uh, I'm, I'm thankful we had a great uh, nursing home service this morning. Dr. Dave was there to help me this morning minister in song. That dude sang this morning. I'm telling you something. We had a powerful time. I don't go there I'm in three or four nursing homes now, and I'm going in just like I am here, giving everything I've got. I just got a small window. I got to throw it in. And uh, so I want to encourage you to come expecting the Lord to do some marvelous, marvelous things. Now let's get to the word quickly. He said in verse 1 of 2 Corinthians 6, We then, as workers together with Him, also plead with you, not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, talking about God, in an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, today, behold, now is the day of salvation. Let me read that part again. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. All I can bring to you is what I believe God is saying. I've lived like this with this house and everywhere I go. I'll be preaching this afternoon at Father's Arms Fellowship at, in Scott City at 530 if any of you want to go over there. But I don't try to go with anything but what I believe God is speaking. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So I believe God is saying something right now. And I believe the Lord is declaring something to us. That open door, that big door, that big opportunity. Here's the title of my message this morning, The Acceptable Time. The acceptable time. We're in the time of God. As we shared earlier, if there ever was a time that you're going to press into God, I believe it's right now. And if you're going to believe God for whatever you're believing Him for, you need to start believing it right now. I truly, truly believe that. How, how many of you have, I know many of you, I appreciate you doing it. Many of you have messaged me that prophecy from Kent Christmas out of Nashville. How, how many of you have heard that prophecy on, on YouTube or Facebook? Powerful word. He's just one of many that are speaking the very same thing. That it is now the acceptable time. Now let me deal with a couple things right off the start. Let's talk about time and what time is. When we understand time, we have to understand it in light of eternity. Eternity actually is endless. Because eternity actually comes out of God. God is an eternal God. Which means eternity has no end. The reality is every one of us in this room are eternal beings. May I blow your mind with something? You've already been, but you're going to be more than what you are right now when you return back to your father. Yes. 
that created you. You were already in the heart of God. The old saints used to say something like this. I'm so homesick for heaven. I thought, well, that's the silliest thing I've ever heard in my life. Because you've not been there. How can you be homesick for something you're not in? But as born-again believers that carry the Spirit of God, what we are feeling is the draw of what we have already have to say, I want to get back in position with Him. Come on, somebody. So eternity, I'm not dealing with eternity this morning. I just want you to see that it's endless. But time is found in eternity where God has taken a moment of eternity and he has put it into our place or put us in a place of time in his eternal purpose. Time deals with a beginning and an end. Time also gives us the impression of something that must be or something that God is accomplishing or God is doing in that span of time. I heard a definition or I read a definition this week that I thought was really cool. I don't know. I think she'll put it up on the screen. It simply says this. Time, a divinely created sphere of God's preserving and redemptive work and the arena of man's decision on his way to an eternal destiny. Let me read that to you again. A divinely created sphere of God's preserving and redemptive work and the arena of man's decision on his way to an eternal destiny. An arena where you and I are going to have to make decisions of, of what we're going to do. Are we going to follow? Are we going to go? Are we going to stop? Are we going to embrace? Whatever we're going to do. This is the moment of time that I got. Matter of fact, for some of you that don't know this, the only assurance you have is the breath you're in right now. The only moment that I'm guaranteed, Charlie, is the fact that I'm standing on this platform and that I can look at you, but there's no guarantee that I'll have an afternoon. There's no guarantee I'm going to have a tomorrow. That's why God says if we're going to live, let's live for today. Let tomorrow worry about itself. But we need to make a masterpiece out of the moment of time that I have right now. Some of us are always living for the future. And God says, wait a minute, the future's out there. But the moment to really live for, and the only place that you can live, is the moment of time that you are in right now. So when Paul starts speaking here, Paul starts saying something like this. He said, behold, now. Everybody say now. Now, now is the accepted time. This is my time. Now is that moment of favor. Now is that moment of God's blessing upon my life. The first word that Paul said was behold. Take a look. Miss Judy, it's interesting the word that you were bringing. Because it's talking about what I'm seeing. That we have veiled our eyes. We've like, we put glasses on that we're seeing through, but yet not seeing clearly at all. And the word behold here means simply this. It means to see with understanding. It means to see. Behold. I need to understand this. I need to get a hold of this. I'm glad, listen, that the word of the Lord that came. 
This isn't just about me. This isn't about a chosen few. It's not about who you think are the upper up or the lower low. It's for every one of us. And the command of God for every one of us is that we see with understanding. That's why I'm preaching this word to you this morning. God said, I want you to make it clear. Help them to understand. So he said, see with understanding. Now, there's another word we need to look at. How many knows what it is? It's a little three-letter word in the, in the phrase, which is now. How many knows what now means? Not tomorrow, not next week, not a year, but what? Right now. It actually means in the present. It means in the immediate. It means henceforth. You're in the now. Look at your neighbor and say, you're in your now. He said, behold, now is the accepted time. The word accepted here in that phrase, it simply means it has been approved and it has been received. Matter of fact, it is the same word or it comes from the same definition of Jesus becoming our propitiation. He was the one that pleased the Father. So this is what the Father's saying. As Jesus came to die on that cross 2,000 years ago and has pleased my heart to release salvation to all mankind, now the time has come and it has pleased the Father for you and I to embrace every promise that God has given to us. Matter of fact, in this, in this time, there are two amazing things that are taking place that he spells out here for us. The first one is this, the church is going to be restored. And the second one is going to be a great harvest. I'm here to tell you, two incredible things are going to happen. Number one, the church is going to be restored to its full glory and to its full measure of authority and power and its full measure of what it's always been intended to work, uh, to be about and to be of. It's about this moment of time. Get ready for it, church. Listen, remember what time is. It's an arena. You're going to have to make a decision. And I got news for you. I hope everybody jumps on board and says, I hear what God is saying. But it's very possible some of you are going to walk out of here this morning, say, I've heard that stuff before, and you'll drop it at the door. But God is restoring His church, and a great harvest like the earth has never seen is coming in. I'm saying it like that. It is coming in even as we speak, even as we're setting in this place. The harvest is being given to God. God didn't raise up a, a, a what's his name? What's the West guy's name? Kanye West. Can't even pronounce his name. God didn't raise him up. I heard others speak about guys like Justin Bieber and other, other superstars in the eyes of the world that God is putting his hand on. I saw for us Cardinal fans yesterday on Facebook, Adam Wainwright, that Cardinal ace that, that is put out there that's encouraging those of his followers, read through the word of God with me this year. Get on board with me into the 
Word of God. If you and I won't do it, if you and I will sit still, God's got them out there. Matter of fact, that prophetic word through Brother uh, Kent Christmas, you can go online, look him up on YouTube. You ought to look at it, a prophetic word for 2020. He said it's going to be out in the marketplace and God's going to raise up people to get it done. So I believe, I, I, I believe that the harvest is being gathered while you and I are sitting here in the church doing what we do. It's being gathered all around us. But Paul speaks this. It's interesting that he quotes an Old Testament promise. And he speaks it from Isaiah chapter 49 verse 8. He speaks a prophetic word. That's where he said, in acceptable time. He said, God said. Everybody say, God said. God. He emphasized that. He didn't say, I said it. He said, God said it. In an acceptable time, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. That's a prophetic promise that Isaiah prophesied hundreds of years before this moment of time. Here, let me read it to you. Isaiah chapter 40, 49, verse 8 through 13. Thus says the Lord, in an acceptable time I have heard thee. And in the day of salvation I have helped thee. I will preserve thee. I'll give thee for a covenant of the people to establish the earth, to cause it to, cause it to inherit the desolate heritage. Heritages, thou, that thou mayest say to the prisoners, Go forth to them that are in darkness, show yourselves. They shall feed in the ways and in their pastures and shall be in all high places. They shall not hunger nor thirst, neither shall the heat nor sun smite them. For he that hath, that hath had mercy on them shall lead them even by the springs of water. Shall he guide them, and I will make all my mountain away, and my highway shall be exalted. Behold, these shall come from far, and lo, these from the north and from the west and from the land of Sinim. Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, O mountains. For the Lord hath comforted his people, and I will have mercy on his afflicted. The first part of that deals with Jesus coming. And coming to die for the sins of the world. So what is happening in this passage of scripture? It was prophesied. God has spoken. Let me tell you some promises that are here. God is speaking that we're in an accepted time where the promises of God, everything that God has spoke, he's going to unfold. Everything that God has spoke, he's going to unfold it. Not only that, but promises that you have forgotten. Promises that you and I have given up on. You have to understand, remember what a period of time is. It has a beginning and it has an end. Something that God is accomplishing. I about guarantee that just about everyone in this room has a promise somewhere that you've given up on. Maybe God spoke to you when you were a child. You thought that is never going to come to pass. You've laid it aside. But God said in this accepted time, I'm going to stir up the promises. I'm going to manifest what I said I would do. Come on, church. God isn't a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he's got to repent. And God doesn't change his mind like you and I do. 
There's been a lot of promises I've made I couldn't keep. There's been a lot of promises I've made, Adam. I had good intent, but circumstances wouldn't allow me. Maybe I didn't have the money. Maybe I didn't have the resource. Maybe I just let it slip. Maybe I just was in my flesh or whatever. But when God says it, He said, my word will not return void. When God says it, that's why Paul said, He says, you and I need to understand something. Either God said it or He didn't. But those things that God said, it may take a year, it may take 40 years, it could take a lifetime, but God makes a promise, He's going to keep it. God told Israel, I'll bring you out in 400 years. What did God do? 400 years later, they come out. God speaks to Abraham, said, I'm going to give you a son. Speaks to him at 75. 25 years later, God called him to have a son. Not only to have one son, but to be a father of a nation. We could keep going on. He told Isaac, he said, Isaac, if you'll get in the place I tell you to, I'm going to bless you. Isaac was in Egypt, but he took his wife, Rebecca, goes back to where God told him to be sold even in the time of famine and brought forth a hundredfold harvest. Why? Because God had made a promise to him. Come on, somebody. God made a promise that he would send his son to die for the sins of the world. Why are you walking through all that? I'm trying to get your faith stirred up again to believe that God is going to do what God said he would do. And nothing is impossible for God. Some of us have even given up on the idea that Jesus is going to come back. Pia Death stood before us on Wednesday night and through a dream that she's had several times, a voice spoke to her in the night saying, Behold, I'm coming quickly. I heard that from when I was a little boy standing in front of you at 61 years of age. I know I don't look like 31. This year I'll be 32. He still hasn't come, but it hasn't changed my mind and it hasn't changed God. There's going to come a day that God is going to split that eastern sky and He's going to come back just as He's spoke to those disciples as you see me go in like manner so shall I come again church you may have given up on it it may look like all hell has broke loose but Isaiah prophesied the word of God that the whole earth is going to be filled with the glory of God I'm looking at glory carriers in this room and God is going to fill the earth he's going to fill my world he's going to fill your world with the glory of God our best isn't behind us. I don't care what kind of meeting we had. I don't care what our church looked like back then. I don't care how big we were or where we got to. Our best days aren't behind us. That was a moment of time, Miss Judy, when God done wonderful things. My best day, I'm in it right now. I'm here to take. I'm more excited than I've been in a long time because I believe I'm in the best days. I believe our best time is right now. It's not coming. It's right now. Your businesses, I'm telling you, your best days aren't coming. They're on you right now. Start grabbing a hold of God spoke now. I've been saying, God, you're a now God. You're a now God. I don't know how long now is to God, but I know how long it is to me right now. There's things I'm believing for. I'm wanting to go to Israel this year. Planning on taking my wife. That's a plan. That's what I'm believing for. God, you said to ask. 
I want to go walk where Jesus walked. I want to go look at that empty tomb. I want to go see that hill that they say Jesus is going to stand on. I want to go be baptized in that river Jordan. I want to go experience the things that Peter, Paul, and John got to experience. So I'm not afraid to ask Him, God, I'm believing somehow. I've got to do it by faith. God, I'm believing now you're going to manifest the way. Why? Because you said to ask. All right, when I'm enjoying that trip, you guys be back here, all right? God's going to do it. God's going to do it. Take the limits off. Don't limit nothing. I don't know how it's all going to happen. He just said now. God spoke. Promises are going to unfold things that you have forgotten. Prisoners are going to be free. I'm telling you at this moment of time, if you're struggling with addiction, if you're struggling, listen, there's addiction of all kinds. You don't have to be addicted to some methamphetamine or, or some kind of drug. You can be addicted to chocolate cake. We can be addicted to, listen, I can be addicted to a movie. I can be addicted to a routine. And I can be a prisoner to it and don't even realize it. But I hear the Lord say, I'm going to set my people free in this hour. Sin isn't going to dominion over us. It's not going to rule and reign over us. We're going to come out of darkness in this hour. Some of you don't realize you've been in darkness. You're just there. Sin. You've been in sin. You've been in that place I don't understand. I'm telling you, you're going to come out of darkness. I believe you're going to step in now to a new flow of revelation if you'll embrace the now that God, God said, take the glasses off. Is that what I heard him say? You might as well pull those jokers off right now. God, I plan on seeing what you want me to see in this hour. He said, listen, we're coming out of darkness. He made a promise of provision. I don't have time to hit every word and every verse, but this is what he's promising through the whole thing. He said, I'm promising provision, protection, and peace. I'm going to elevate you in such a fashion that the whole earth is going to look at you. God said to Abram, he said, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. I'm going to make the nations of the world jealous of you because of what I'm doing in your life. Church, that's what we're supposed to be living like. That's how we're supposed to be living so that those that don't know Jesus are jealous because of what God is doing with us and in us and through us. Hello. Pastor, I don't believe it. I heard somebody say, I had to put this in my note while I was praying. I made it a part of my note. I heard somebody say, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I've heard people tell me that in the Word. Read the Word. I just don't see it that way. Well, I'm going to tell you why you don't see it. Are you ready for the revelation? Because God gave it to me. Are you ready for it? I'm going to give you the revelation of why you can't see. Because you're operating in your flesh and not by the Spirit. I'm going to remind you of that again. You're operating in your flesh and you're not operating by the Spirit. There's two positions that we're going to have to take up in this time. Remember, let's start at that first chapter again, chapter 6, verse 1. Paul's, or verse 1, he says, wait, we, we then. So wait a minute, he's, this is connecting to something behind. So let's turn back a page. And you have to understand, the church had been in existence for a while. The church was excelling. But like many of us, the church was getting off course and everything else. And they've even come to the part that they're rejecting Paul. 
They're rejecting Paul's directives. They're rejecting the word of the Lord through them. Matter of fact, they had turned around and Paul's writing a letter to the church to say, guys, I'm trying to convince you that God is the one that has said this. God is the one that's doing these things. So he says in verse 12 of chapter 5, For we do not commend ourselves again to you, but give you every opportunity to boast on our behalf, that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. And if we, or if we are of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of God compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all. All those who should live, live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, look at verse 16 and catch it. Catch this word. Therefore, therefore, everybody say therefore. therefore. From now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Two postures that you and I are, two positions that you and I are going to have to stand on in this hour in this place called acceptable time. It's simply this. Number one, in this time we are going to get and gain and live by the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to get, we're going to gain, we're going to live by the Holy Spirit. Here's the second one. We are sent and standing as ambassadors of Christ. Amen. Amen. Now let me talk about the first one first. Let me talk about the first one. About us standing in the Spirit. That harvest word came up. Remember, that's what I had in my notes. There's going to be a great harvest gathered in. That means you and I are going to look at the world differently than what we've ever looked at. We're not going to look at them by the flesh. Because if I look at it by the flesh, I'll be the one that will pick you, and I'll pick you, and I'll pick you, but you're not coming. Come on, they can't get right because I've already judged them. But when I'm judging them by the Spirit... I'm not going to look at them, though they have though they have altered themselves. You ever see these freaky people in my eyes? I'm sorry, I'm talking by the flesh. These freaky people that are messed up, that have tatted themselves and pierced themselves. They got more holes in them than, than, than what you could ever imagine. Putting horns on their head. I could look at that and I could judge that individual. And I could say they're of the devil and probably under the guise of the devil. But if I could look deeper into that individual... And look through the eye of the spirit that's a child of God. That the enemy has deceived. And I got to start seeing them through the eye of the spirit. That they belong to Jesus. No matter how messed up. No matter what they've done. I got to see them by the spirit. Because if I look at them through flesh. I'm going to say you're not worthy to walk where I've been walking. Come on, somebody. That's why it's hard to get them in our church because we, the church, have been judging by, by fleshly judgment instead of by the Spirit of God. Some of these people have been wounded, disappointed. They've been hurt. They've been shattered. Some of you don't know why you function the way you function. And it's simply because you were never called to function that way. But your disappointments, your hurts, your, your, your pains that you've walked through have caused you to become something you were never intended. But if I can get you through your pain to show you who you really are, even before you were formed in your mother's womb, you were the seed of God. You're the child of God. You're in His likeness. You're in His image. You just don't know it. I told this before. At a funeral years ago of a man I didn't know. His sons attended our church. 
The man was perverse. He was an abuser. He abused his kids. No doubt abused his wife. He was an alcoholic. There was nothing good to be said about this man. And they're asking me to do his funeral. Mm -hmm. And everybody in their last stage, even the kids that he abused, said, Pastor, we want you to do the funeral. I'm thinking, my Lord, what am I going to say? God, what am I going to do? Everybody knows this man. I heard the Spirit of God speak to me. I, this is what I brought to that funeral. I spoke it like this. This was really a good man. He was a man that God had intended, that God had started, that God had created. But you don't see that goodness because his sinfulness has marked him. His sinfulness has covered him up. The abuse will not let you look at him like, like his heavenly father sees him. So he's really a, a good man and he just got marked by sin. That's what sin will do with all of us. But church, we've got to start seeing all men by the eye of the Holy Spirit and not by my flesh. No matter where they are. Even the pedophile. Don't mess with my babies. Don't mess with my grandkids. Don't mess with my don't mess with the kids in this church. Don't mess with kids anywhere. We got packing guys. They're ready to draw. Don't mess with our kids. But when I say that. I got to know that no matter how perverse I think that is, that man belongs or that woman belongs to Jesus. We got to have judgment by the Holy Ghost. Now let me show, share something with us. Even to see the things of the church, of God restoring His church, you're going to have to see it by the Spirit. Let me tell you a story. Bible story. You've heard this one. I'm not going to put it up on the walls, but it's found in the book of Luke chapter 5. You don't have to turn there. I'm just going to tell you. Peter had been fishing all night. And he's come in the next morning. And he's sitting in his boat. The Bible said. Mending his nets. And Jesus is coming along the seashore. And Jesus steps into the boat with Peter. And says, Peter, let's launch out for a catch. There's a great picture in there. Because Peter is where a lot of us are. We want to be out there. But right now I'm right here. Now I want you to picture something with me. If you've never been with you, most of you haven't, but Charlie's been with me and a couple others in here have been with me. When we go to Trinidad, dying you see it. We go down to the beach. The fishermen are there. They don't have big wharfs. They just... Pull the boat up on the beach. And you'll see that boat. They've beached it for the, for, the, for the day. They've been out all night. And you'll see in the boat, you'll see their nets. You guys have seen them, no doubt about that. You've been there. They're there. That's what Peter is doing. Well, what did Jesus say? We're not going to catch fish sitting on the shore. Let's get back out in the water. The water represents the spirit. And the land represents our flesh. And Peter is wanting fish while he's sitting in his flesh. Think about this for a moment. We go back to Genesis chapter 2. The Bible always alludes somehow. He likens water and the spirit kind of work together in a lot. 
The first day God said, let there be light. Second day, God divided the waters. He divided the heavens. He made a separation, a distinction of heaven and of something that would abound here and there. And it's water. On the third day of creation, God separated the dry land from the waters. Now he gave us flesh, but he put it in water. It came up out of the waters. How many knows that the earth is two-thirds water? And just a little bit of land compared to the whole globe. Think about it for a moment. Why is that so significant? Because if the spirit is likened to the water, God intended the whole earth to be governed by the spirit more than to be governed by the flesh. And then even when you're in flesh, you can't operate without water. Hello? I got several, I got doctors and nurses in the room. <coughs> you can only go so long without water. Matter of fact, how many times have you got into the place, and, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, I may show some real ignorance here. That's, that happens every week, so it won't be anything new. But, <laughs> but if somebody gets fixed, sick, and their fever goes up, they quit eating, they quit drinking. What do we encourage them to do? Keep drinking. Drink fluids. When they get dehydrated, what do they do? They begin to put fluids. They begin to stir those things back up into their bodies, which really in one sense, our bodies were meant to function through all that water. And do you ever realize this? If you're cremated just so that you'll know. You think that you're sitting there burning up and all you're doing is drying out. Hello? You're drying out. It's absorbing every bit of moisture, every bit of water, everything that is in you is being absorbed far more than the flame. I know this is grossing on a Sunday morning. Far more! Because that's how much water you are. Did you guys ever notice this about when you go to the scales of a morning? That you can flush away? And women do it more so than men. Not go to the scale. <laughs> we fluctuate. And I go to the scale and all of a sudden I'm, oh God, I'm three pounds heavier than I was yesterday. And I didn't eat any more yesterday than I did today. Why? Because fluids are gathering. Hello? Some of us, as we get over, oh, I probably shouldn't go there. No, I won't go I'm just wanting you, I'm wanting you to captivate the importance of the spirit over the flesh and how it's alluded to through the, through the scripture. Isn't it interesting? Let's go to the New Testament. Let me land this jet quickly. Isn't it interesting that the first miracle that Jesus did was turn water to wine? Wait a minute. Wine comes from what? The ground. But Jesus said, I don't have to have the ground to produce what, what you're after and what you need. 
He turned water into wine. Isn't it interesting that the message of John was this? There cometh one after me whose shoe latches I'm not worthy to stoop and unloose, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Why did he say it like that? Because he was baptizing them in water. They understood the water principle. They understood something there. And John's coming. He said, there's one that's going to baptize you. That's going to take you into the spirit. Jesus gets with Peter because Peter's sitting on the boat and he's, and he's mending his net. One translation says he's cleaning it. Another translation would say he's fixing or repairing his net. But nonetheless, Jesus says to him, Peter, you're not going to get the harvest setting here in your flesh. Step out with me into the water. And Jesus taught him. We've been in a moment of time where we've been taught We've been being taught how to live by the Spirit, how to walk in the Spirit, how, how to move in the Spirit. We're still struggling how to do it. And Jesus steps out from the shore and pushes them out. Some of you need to get out in the Spirit. I'm telling you why you can't see it, because you're operating in your flesh. And that's all that you could see from. That's the perspective. That's why I said take off the glasses. I want you to see by the Spirit. Then he tells Peter. He tells Peter, Peter, let's launch out to the deep. Notice what Peter said. He said, Master, we have toiled all night and we have caught nothing. I'm here to let you know. Jesus said, we're going to the deep. We're going to the deep and we're going to catch fish. May I tell you, our day of darkness is over. We are not operating in the dark no more. We're not operating without a word. We're not operating without a commission. Peter said, Lord, we've labored all night. Listen, if you're laboring, you're still in darkness. But i got to step out now. I've only got one place to do. I'm going to step out on the Word of God. The Spirit will cause me to step out. And remember what the Word said. We are laborers with God. So now it's God's responsibility to manifest it. See, here's what flesh tells us. They won't come. Flesh tells us they won't answer. i got to get beyond that. I'm not operating in dark. God said this was the day of salvation. It's my job to tell them. It's God's job to save them. And God can't save until I tell them. God can't bring them until I reach out to them. God can't do it until I extend my hand. I'm a co-laborer with God. Let's launch out into the deep. Peter's argument is, I've labored all night. We've been in the dark, but we're not in the dark. I'm telling you, the dark day is over. I'm telling you, the dark day is over. You've got to hear it by the Spirit. I'm going to keep pushing you. I'm doing this with other leaders. I'm telling you, we've had two or three prophets come in here by our very own prophet that sits there, by the others that come in here, by what, Dr. What's her name up there? Who? Lenise and who's the other? What's her? The Amston. Patty Amston. If you'll remember, Pastor Val spoke a word on a Wednesday, Sunday morning. God speaks up and says, God said, ask of me big things. Ask of me, believe big things. Dr. and Patty Amston comes in. We're not even good through the first song. We're not even talking about big things. She comes and says, can I take the mic? I got a word. What did she say? God said, ask for big things. So you know what you and I ought to be doing? Asking for big things. Big things. Big things that bring harvest. Big things that bring kingdom. Well, pastor, we got to be spiritual about it. I am, but I'm also getting a few of my things in there. 
Oh, come on. I'm putting a few of my things in there. God, I'm believing you. I'm, oh, come on, somebody. I'm believing God to be absolutely, totally, 100% debt-free. I don't want to be debt-free for debt-free. I want to live in a whole other dimension of God financially. You said ask it. I'm sitting here listening to somebody preach the other night. And this guy alludes to somebody who had been on TBN said, tell the story of when God provided $4.5 million. I want to tell you what went up in this boy. God, if you can do it for that man, I don't know. Then you can do it for this house here. I don't know where it will come from. I just know that you're God. I'm not going to operate in my flesh. Because here's what flesh, how's God going to do it? How's God going to do it? How's God going to... We can't do that. We don't have enough people for that to happen. Listen, that stuff's got to stop right now. That nonsense has got to stop. we got to say what God said. we got a brand new 2019 band sitting out there. If you haven't looked at it, you need to go look at it. Because we began to pray... Because my wife even told me, this isn't a thing. She said, hey, we, because we desperately need, our bus, our bus is still in the shop. We desperately need a van. She said, we can make payments on that. That's, and she's just speaking the right thing. She was just trying to help us get what we need because we've been renting a van every week. We could have done that. But I'm saying, God, I'm trying to get out of debt. I don't want to go in debt for it. I want to believe you, God. you got somebody that can provide me. I don't know where. I'm not looking to you. Because you may not be the source. I'm just looking to God. Don't put your limit on anybody. I don't care who's sitting here. I don't care who's in this room. You may know them. They may be a millionaire. Don't put your eyes on them because they may not give squat. That's right. Y'all don't know what squat is? It ain't much. <laughs> I've watched that over the years. I've watched that. Diane will tell you, we've watched that over the years. Don't think for a moment that it's the people that you think God everything that always gives. I've watched God walk into this place in our church back when we were in Paducah providing things out of people you would have never dreamed that God could provide it through. So don't put your limitation on anybody. I'm praying that God will speak to you. I'm not. Because I'm limited to what you can do. Hello. I may be believing for a Mercedes. And all you can do is go to the five and dime and get me a toy car. I got to believe God. But if God uses you, this boy's going to accept it. And I'm going to rejoice because God is going to use somebody. Right. Hello. I got to step away from the from the belt. Peter, got to get off the bank. Got to get off the bank. We got to get out in the spirit. What is the spirit speaking? I got to land this jet. Please come quickly. I got I got to get it down. I got to get it down. He said, "That's the posture we're gonna we're gonna have to do it in the spirit. We got to watch each other. We got to help each other. I know we're not all in the same place." But we gotta help each other. Here's a second. We got we're sent to stand as ambassadors of God. Let me tell you what that word ambassador is. It's a senior representative from one nation to stand legally and authoritatively.
from one country to a foreign country. I'm going to say it again because I see a lot of you right. A senior representative from one nation to stand legally and authoritatively from one country to a foreign country. In other words, you have to understand something. I'm from another world. I know y'all think that. We're supposed to be from another world. We're not supposed to be acting like this world. We're better than this world. We're bigger than this world. We gotta think that we're from another world. We we bought the lie. We drank the Kool-Aid. And the church has adapted to let's be relevant so that we can reach people. We were never meant. I'm supposed to be relevant to God. I'm supposed to be relevant to the kingdom of heaven, not the other way around. I know y'all don't like hearing stuff like this, prosperity and faith and health and wholeness. We were never meant to live on medications. And I know we're there. I take them. But that's not where I'm supposed to live. I don't think we were meant to be broke and live on get by street and always with a handout. Will somebody help me? Will somebody help me? No, 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 no. Matter of fact, as it is in heaven, so shall it be on earth. I got a good idea. We ought to go paint our parking lot gold. As it is, as it is in heaven, so shall it be. I'm, I'm pursuing gold to put around my neck, and God puts it in His foundation. Come on, church. Here's, I, let me. I got. I got to stop right here. Got to stop right here. We've labored all night. We're no longer in darkness. Three things have got to happen. This is it. I'm not going to elaborate on them. I'm going to tell you. This is just it. i got to start agreeing with God. It's the accepted time. I don't care if you do. I'm agreeing with God. It's the accepted time. But if I get you and you and you and you and you and all of us, the more we agree together, the more we're going to... to I agree with God. It's the time. It's not coming. It's now. Here's the second I gotta start speaking. I gotta speak what God said, not what I feel, not what I see, not what I think, not how I've imagined it. I gotta start decreeing with my mouth what God said. And not like this. Well, if it be your will. That's not what God said. That's reason. That's me trying to figure out if He'll manifest. God said, I'm healed. I know, I know. We don't want to get off in that face. God said, I was healed at Calvary 2,000 years ago. I'm healed. I got to talk this way. You got to help me talk this way. It's, it's already been provided. I'm just waiting on the manifestation. God said, He had provided everything that I would have needed. I confess it, decree it with my mouth. Here's the last thing. I obey. I obey. I obey. I got to do what God tells me to do. I got to do what God tells me to do. I was listening to Dr. Jerry Seville. I'd like to have him come sometime. He's still living, right? Yeah. 
I guess if I'm sleeping, Charlie has to be. It's Charles Capps the other night. Thank you. I listened to Brother Samir. His ministry got need. He had an airplane. His office came to him and said, Brother, we, we, got, we, we, we got this airplane. We can sell it. He goes to God and said, God, what are you going to do? God said, I want you to give your airplane away. Your airplane, give it away. Worth lots of money. God spoke to him. said, I want you to give it away. And this is what I want you to know. He said, first, I want you to sell it. But you're not going to keep the money. You're going to give it to this ministry. And you're going to give it to that ministry that I've already designated. So his office manager comes and said, Brother Spill, what are we going to do? And Brother Spill said, we're going to sell the plane and we're giving all the money away. His office manager said, you can't do that. We can't do that. We're going to go under. You can't do that. Brother Seville said, walk with me. They walked outside, looked at the sign that's on the building. He said, whose name is on this building? Jerry Seville Ministries. He said, that's right, not yours. And God has spoke and said, we're going to give this thing away. And we're going to do what God said. And he said, by the way, I'm just going to go ahead and sow you as well. Because you're not in agreement with me, so I need to get you out of the way. But Brother Savelle said that God had already lined up a buyer for his plane. Said he sent it out to the ministries that God told him to give it to. God met every need that they had right there. Met every need. And then God had somebody from across the world send him a check for a half a million dollars. That's not the end of the story. Send him a check for a half a million dollars. Half a million dollars. He said, praise God, what am I going to do with that? Oh, this is what they designated. This is for your aviation. A half a million dollars. He don't even have a plane. Matter of fact, he was trying to get out of the plane business. And then one of the other ministers called him up. Said, Brother Seville, God spoke to me. I'm believing for another plane. And God's told me to give you my plane. It's a good plane. It'll last you for a number of years. It'll do everything you want it to do. I was going to do thus and thus and thus to it. And, and he said, but I just felt like the Lord said, I'm to give you this plane. He said, would you receive it? He said, yes, sir. The plane was delivered to him. So he went ahead, took the plane in, put it in the shop. Had everything done that that brother said he was going to do to the plane. Guess how much it cost? A half a million dollars. See, God had already set up for him to do what he was going to put off in the future. I don't know about you, but when I hear stuff like that, if you can do it for Jerry Savannah, you can do it for that strong. You can do it for Charlie. You can do it for this Vietnam. You can do it for Michael. Now is the accepted time. You've got to obey. You've got to obey. Some of you God thieves, you better start giving. You better start tithing. You're robbing God. I'm not trying to get your offering. I'm trying to get you blessed. God said it's time. It's time to manifest this thing. Come on and stand to your feet. God's in this house this morning. God's in this house. He's been here all morning. It's 11.52. i got to get you out of here. But I want you to lift your hand up and say, God, I agree with you. I'm going to start decreeing what you tell me to decree. I'm going to start obeying what you give me command to do. I'm a senior representative being sent from another world into the world. God, I agree with you. The accepted time is now. Now is the accepted time. 
lift up a song to the Lord.